And that was an invitation that we were uh, given to join um, our veterans organization, two veterans organizations, for a fundraising campaign. And during that fundraising campaign, we went out to the Maryland House, the travel lodge up off of um, 495. Okay, it's going towards Aberdeen. They extended um, their space to us. And while we were on this, um, on this journey, we went for four weekends. We started during the holiday weekend of July 4th. And we went for four consecutive days. Well, one, the whole holiday weekend and then another weekend consecutively. And as we were up there, we met all types of people. But what I really want to share with you is how God spoke to me while we were there in this space and just coming in contact with so many different people. Now, some see this as a, a good opportunity because it was a fundraiser to make money. That was the, I guess, the first intentions, right, to fundraise for our nonprofits, which of course is it truly would be if our you know, economy hadn't been in the state that it was, more people would have been traveling. But, you know, unbeknownst to us, yes, it was a holiday weekend, but there was less travel. One, because we were coming out of the pandemic. And two, gas prices, if you can recall, were extremely high during that weekend. And then the other thing is we were still dealing with people and being a little fearful of getting out. Even though people were anxious to go out and travel, some were still in operating in a state of fear. And um, it was an eye opener. And our eyes had not been open to see this opportunity in another light while we were going through. So on our first weekend, I met a man who would have appeared to be uh, just an average person, right? Uh, an average guy just passing by. He was going to visit a friend. He wasn't a veteran, um, nor did he have a family with him. He was traveling solo or alone. But as a matter of fact, he shared with me something very real and a bit upsetting. You see, when he stopped at our table to inquire about what we were doing and how we were supporting the veterans, he shared with me that he had just gone through a divorce. And I'm saying to myself as I'm listening to him, why is this gentleman deciding to share such information with me? As I'm a stranger, he has never met me before, and he's at a table where we are sharing our mission in support of our veterans. But you see, the next words he spoke were not just about his divorce that he had gone through, even though it was quite a, you know, quite a tragedy. He also shared about his relationship with Jesus and how he refused to let go of that. And that was the pinnacle of what cost him his marriage. And I said, how could that be? Well, it turns out that his wife was like Job's wife. 
You see, as this gentleman shared his story and he shared with me how he was a new believer and some of the trials and tribulations that he had gone through in his marriage, his wife started looking at those trials and tribulations as a, 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 a effect that had come from his changing his lifestyle to be a Christ follower. So she started looking at all the bad that was happening to him was cause and effect for him now being a Christ follower. And he was trying to tell her that we all go through trials and tribulations, regardless of whether we are a Christ follower or not. But it just seemed to have been magnified now because he had decided to live his life for Christ. Well, that sudden change, his wife didn't want any parts of him and she didn't stick with him. She divorced him. And as we went home that evening, I just thought about that and said, this man stopped at our table, not a veteran at all, Lord. And he shared this information with me. Now we exchanged information and said we would keep in touch because he has become a prayer warrior. And I prayed that evening to ask the Lord, what is it that I am supposed to do with this information that this stranger just shared with me? And he came to me and said, Tiffany, there's no action that you have to take. He needed someone to hear him. And you did just that. You listened. On our second weekend, we had an Hispanic family come back to us and the whole family flocked around the table and they liked a lot of the giveaways because some of the giveaways had pictures of Jesus, they had uh, scriptures, but they all chose the pictures of Mary because as we all know, Mary, Jesus' mother, is a lot of our Hispanic families look towards Mary when they worship. And right behind them came a Jewish family. Both families donated, but get this. The Hispanics looked up to Mary and the Jewish family, they gave a donation. They thanked us very much. But when they decided what they wanted to take, what gift they wanted from the family. Their child wanted something that was very colorful and it had the initials WWJD on it. The father was okay with the child's selection, but when the mother came, she brought the child back to the table and said, he cannot have this. And I pondered on it for a moment, and then it finally hit me. Like I shared with the Hispanics, they look up to Mary. Some Jewish families do not believe in Jesus. So she knew what WWJD meant. What would Jesus do? The child didn't know, and I'm not sure that his father knew either. So the mother had the child return 
the gift to the table. And once again, another weekend I pondered and said, wow, Lord, you have just shown me these two different nationalities that believe in your father. They believe in the father, but they do not believe as we do in the son. That was a wake up call to just remind me of the division that all of us say we believe in God and we may be of different denominations, but all of us don't believe as we just shared in our faith statement, the triune, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when we look at this, we have to ask ourselves, and we don't have to, but the question came to me, what God do they serve that they don't believe in his son? That they don't believe in the Bible that has been given to us for our basic instructions while we're here on this earth. They don't believe in the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So then I have to ask again, what God do they serve? Our next journey <laughs> there, we were only there for maybe 10 minutes as we were setting up. And um, my fellow comrade, Joanne, calls me over and she starts to tell this gentleman that she had been talking to. This gentleman had to be, he was way taller than Lorenzo, okay? So Lorenzo was like 6'3". So maybe he was John's height and even John's size. And she's arguing with this gentleman and the topic is starting to get heated. And then she brings him over to me and I'm looking at this gentleman and I'm like, okay, why, why are we having this heated discussion with him? And the gentleman proceeded to tell me that he is a veteran. He looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, and then she shouts to me, Tiffany, Tiffany, tell him about what you've been through. She's asking me to share with him our, my journey as I've been de through deployments. And I'm like, why? You know, are, are we, um, we're both lost because he and I are looking at each other and we're not getting what she's talking about. So I ask him to share what she said to him. And he commences to introduce himself. And as he introduces himself, he gasps and he says to me, after he takes a deep breath, my name is Muhammad. And when I tell most people that, they normally stop having a conversation with me, especially when it's a Christian conversation. So then I got it, that aha moment. And I said, okay, this is where they started having their heated discussion because she did not allow him to finish. You see, as this gentleman continued his conversation with me, he continued to tell me that not only do people stop talking to him because people in our country no longer seem to like Muslims. Again, his name is Muhammad. We no longer seem to like Muslims because of 
the wars or the campaigns we've just gone through, that we tend to, tend to look at them a certain way and we tend to cast judgment upon them because of the way that they're dressed maybe, the women you can tell by far, or because of their names. But they think, and he says, you all think that by my name that I'm a terrorist. And I go, wow. You know, I hadn't really noticed that we, we, we stereotype them because of their names or we shy away from them because of their names. Because I think that a lot of us have names and we don't know the meaning of them. And they are from different nationalities. So I begin to apologize to him for the way that we may have wronged him or the way that we may have shunned him because of his name. And his eyes begin to get watery. And he says to me, but I am a Christian, a Palestinian Christian. There are so many Palestinian Christians in Pakistan, Palestine, and, and we love this country. And as he started to tell me this, I was in awe because no way would I think that Palestine, now I know we even have a, a brother church that we fellowship with in Pakistan. But no way would I have thought that the way that they war with Israel, each and every opportunity they get, that there would truly be Christians. And most Muslims from, um, from Muslim nations, these people have to truly, truly love Jesus to stand up for Jesus and put their life on the line for him to admit that he is a Christ follower and it, to admit to me that he came to the United States because he thought that that would be an opportunity for him to be amongst other Christ followers and no longer have to hide his love for Jesus. That is why he says we came here, but the people in this country love us no more than the people in my own country. As an African-American, they seem not to understand and they shun us. And, and, and I laugh at this now and I refrain myself from commenting. And, and we spoke on this subject for about 30 more minutes to say that even me, as a Christ follower, get shunned as an African-American. So for him not to feel ashamed, for him to be welcome in this country, he is a United States veteran. He has asked for domicile from his country so that he could come and serve this country and so that he could follow Christ and so that he can be a Christ follower like you and I. But yet, as we tend to follow Christ, we find that so many people turn their backs on us. We even have so much division amongst our churches that all claim to follow Christ because they have taken certain things away from Christianity and we can no longer fellowship together as brothers and sisters. So I say to you again, family, do we serve the same God? 
We all say we're Christians, but when we look at the different denominations, do we truly serve the same God? Now go with me to the scripture in Acts 16, and I'll be reading from the NIV version because I want to make sure that even my grandson understands this message today. Put ourselves in a foreign land as this man did. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her, from her, for her owners because she was deemed a fortune teller. So she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting as, as they were going through the towns and Paul was discipling. She was shouting behind them, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days as she followed them. And again, she had the fame and glory in her land as being a fortune teller. So people knew or believed that she could tell them the future, right? That's what fortune tellers do. So when she was telling them that these men are servants of the most high God, people listen because she had a little clout in the town, right? And she kept this up for many days. And finally, Paul became so annoyed with her actions that he turned around and said to the spirit in her, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Now, why do you think Paul got upset with what she was doing? And why do you think he would command a spirit or even recognize that there was an ungodly spirit operating in her? Well, see, as we say nowadays, she was putting them on what we call display. And it wasn't so much to recognize or to, ad, ad, to uh, admire them for what they were doing. She was putting them on display just as the gentleman I just told you from a foreign land. When we say that we are Christ followers, we are not always accepted. So by her saying this could have caused them grave danger because she was putting them on display. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, huh, see, that fortune teller no longer had that ungodly spirit of telling the future. But who does the future belong to? It doesn't belong to any man to forecast. The owners then seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities because they now removed the spirit that had been dominating their moneymaker that was not of God at all. So they not only stopped her from putting them on display, 
but they stopped what her owners called her gift for making money for them. So when they saw this, they immediately took Paul and Silas to the authorities to have them condemned now. So they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Now, are we free to go anywhere we want to proclaiming the Christ message? Are we free to go anywhere casting out spirits in the name of Jesus Christ? See, they got mad with them because they inhibited their ungodly practices of using this woman to make money for them as a fortune teller. But then they publicly humiliated them. And I want you to remember this part. They publicly stripped them and beat them for proclaiming Christ in Rome. Remember that as I move forward. After they had been severely flogged, and they still do this in some countries. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, just like any other soldier, right? He put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks, meaning he clamped the, 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 those, the, the cuffs around their feet and they were, you know, nailed into the, the, the ground so they could not move. They could not walk, all right, with the chains. He made sure, like any soldier, that if I have to guard you, I am going to do my best of my, to do the best of my ability to do as I have been ordered to do. I am going to conduct this lawful order. About midnight, though, oh, yes. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now you see, he wasn't about to go after the prisoners when he drew his sword, no. Because as a soldier, he thought that they had escaped on his watch because he had fallen asleep and therefore he would rather kill himself than to face the judgment that would be put upon him because he would have been killed for falling asleep while he was on duty and letting the prisoners escape. Finally, finally they yelled out, 
We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his home and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates have ordered that you, excuse me, when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. Now, I want you to remember where I asked you to put a pin with earlier. So now it's daylight. They've had the earthquake. Everybody knows now because the other prisoners are talking about it. All the gates threw, flew open. All our shackles and chains flew open. But yet, those men remained. Do you think the other prisoners remained in the jail too? Or did they run and tell everybody about what happened? So now the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order to release those men. Why do you think they would tell them to release them now? And the jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial. That is against the law, you guys. Even though we are Roman citizens, they threw us into prison. And now, do they want to get rid of us quietly? You see, they made a public display of what they did to them. But then they sent one man to go and tell them quietly that they could go in peace. Paul says, no, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they had heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. Now they want them out. First, they wanted to cast them in prison, right? Because of what they were doing. But now they not only know that they are God-fearing men because the prisoners had to have told them what had happened. Then the guard took them to his house and was saved and his whole family was baptized. But now they also found out that they were just like them. Roman citizens. They judged that book by the cover because they were Christ followers and they had no right to put them in prison and to beat them, flog them, because they were of the same citizenship as them.
The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. And after, after, and sisters and, the, and brothers, and they encouraged them. Paul and Silas came out of the prison. They went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and the sisters that encouraged them to go out for the mission that they had been called to do. And they left the city at that time. But I want you to remember, as we look at those that do not look like us, that does not mean that they cannot serve the same God that we serve. Because we look at those and feel so comfortable with those that do look like us and find out many times that they do not serve the same God that we serve. So as I close, I just want you to remember that you can't just judge a book by its cover for someone to tell you that they are a Christian or a Christ follower. Mainly, if they say, I am a Christian, you don't have to be ashamed to ask them, do you believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Because that is where the division lies with most of our denominations, as we all claim to be Christ followers. followers. And glory to the foreigners that are in their foreign land who can be crucified for even saying that they love Jesus. Where we can say it here freely and we denounce the opportunity when the opportunity arises to do so. So my brothers and sisters, if you are a true Christ follower, you will take every opportunity that you can to share your love for Christ. I will like to ask you how you feel when we think back to see how each one of these cultures that I shared with you view God in a different way. Do you see how religious denominations have us so separated that we can barely even talk to each other for fear of thinking the other is ignorant or maybe even lost. We have put our religion so high. Religion, that's exactly what it is. On a pedestal that we have left Jesus out of it. Please, the next time you meet someone from another denomination, you know, like the Jehovah Witness come to the doors and they want to share. You can listen. Don't be afraid to be hospitable to them. But when they are done, know your word and ask them, do they believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Do not shut them out. Sit down to have a conversation, to even learn where the denominations may differ. 
because we all think because they say they are Christian or that they believe in the Bible, that they believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when you have that conversation, think about you and your God. And if given the opportunity, let them know that Jesus has taught you to love them just the same. In Jesus' name, family, I thank you for allowing me to share this message with you today. May my prayer is that it has resonated with you to build you and to help make you stronger so that when you do come up against that opposition, you are ready to talk and to share your love for Christ. Even if the only scripture you know is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, only, that he gave his only begotten son. If you can't get any other scripture to stick with you, then just remember that is why you have chosen to be a Christ follower. And what sets you apart is that you believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, family. Amen. All right. I will thank all of those that have joined us on uh, Facebook and our podcast. And as we prepare to close out and take any prayer requests, it is our prayer that you have a blessed week and that you remember what sets you apart and that you serve the one true God, the triune, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Arm yourself with the scriptures so when someone tries to tell you different, you know to go to your Bible, search your word, learn to know your word, and always keep a scripture in your pocket, in your mind, in your heart. So when you are attacked by words or by any other type of spirit, you are fortified with God's word because his, war, his word is our sword. His word is what we have to do battle with. And it is my prayer that you are always armed and ready to defend your belief, your relationship, not your religion. Amen, amen, and amen. Recording stopped. Amen. All right, let me stop our All right, all right. Thank you, family, for joining me today. Uh, do we have any prayer requests? Family, we want to continue to remember the book. Because we know that bereavement has, has certain steps that all of us have to go through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must be standing by for when 
Sister K, how are you? I am blessed and proud. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I like to thank my family for I did receive a plant and um, I have not opened my cards yet, but thank you so much. When we got in, it was kind of late. But yes, thank you so much. Thank my family for lifting my family. And it was, I have to say, a beautiful home coming service, homegoing service. Um, we um, we are just so grateful. And as I shared with one of our cousins, who is also, um, you know, battling cancer, when she heard about our niece, the first thing she she got a little fearful. She got a little fearful, and and I told her, I said, I shared with her, you know, I I used to say jokingly with my mom and my niece that they'll they'll probably outlive me and that my niece couldn't go before me because she had orders from me to sing at my funeral you know and um but i just share that with my cousin to tell her that my biggest fear in coming home was that while i was in the battlefield we expected you know we expected for someone to be trying to kill us you don't expect when you're at home 
to be as you know as my mom just shared to be shot or to be hit or you know to come down with some type of disease you don't you don't expect it and you never know the time or the hour just like we don't know the time or the hour that Christ is going to come to receive us you just never know so i share with her don't live in fear don't live in fear because you are a cancer thriver do not let it have take the power from you and you live in fear live your life to the fullest as my niece had said as she wanted to do you know with the money that she had inherited she wanted to take trips you know we talk about the bucket list but she as everybody shared at the funeral she would give you the back the the shirt off her back she was always a joyous person with a beautiful smile and a melodious a melodious voice she was one of the uh, choir leaders she will be remembered her memory yes we will grieve and we will grieve because i hear her voice saying to me auntie you know when we would be having our conversations i can still hear her voice and then yesterday they played one of her live songs from the stream where she was leading the choir with one of the songs you know but i will always hear her voice in our conversations i don't know for how long but like my mom shared, I'm looking for that moment, not looking for it, but I know that it's going to come that moment where all the family has left because it's a holiday weekend now, you know, and my main focus is when the family leaves to focus on my sister, her mom, you know, because I know that just like with all of us, when the dust settles, that's when it starts to hit you. And just to let her know, just like I've always been there, I still be there with her. And I thanked her for sharing her baby girl with me, as she thanks me always for sharing my sons with her. She never had sons. I never had daughters. So we used to take care of each other's children, you know. So her daughter was like my daughter. And I never even realized until her daughter got sick well we found out that she had cancer and her daughter shared with me um that it really hurt her when i got married and started having a family of my own and i was no longer you know having my daughter with me and i never even recognized it so family i just want you to know sometimes you gotta go back and check in and ask your loved ones, you know, is everything okay? But even though I would ask her, was everything okay? And I did many, many things with them. I never knew that that really hurt her. And she cried about it when she shared it with me. So therefore I know that it was, it was real, you know, and, and all I could do, I couldn't take back the years, but just to say to her, I'm so sorry. I never knew you felt that way. But family, we have to, as they say, give the flowers while we're here. We have to speak truth, but life as well. And be honest with one another and love one another while we're here. Don't wait till, as they say, those that make all that noise in the funeral home, you know, at, at the funeral, because they know they wrecked havoc when the person was here. Now they're sharing all that that sorrow or all that, what do you want to call it, that, that, that grief, because they did not have the opportunity 
to tell that person while they were still here, to apologize or to let them know that they love them. So with that, Sister K, I will open your card when I get a chance to. And thank you so much for thinking of myself and my family. Thank you so much. And again, yes. Keep prayer, keep uh, Sister Chris, Pastor Christine and Pastor Nelson in your prayers because I see he has not joined us and I don't think he sent me a text either. So I pray that all is well with him out there. Mr. Lorenzo or Lorenzo, do either one of you have a prayer request or anything you'd like to share? Both of you muted at the same time. So, okay, LJ, I think Lorenzo yielded to you. So go ahead. Uh -oh. Huh? You said that is me. He yielded to you. He said, go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, I got to play my first varsity game on Friday. And we won. All right. Amen. Amen. All right. Lorenzo? I just want to prayer request for the world we live in. Um, not just not just us individuals, not as us individuals, well, as, as a people, as individuals, um, with the trauma that's going on as far as mentally um, with men and women uh, across the world with the violence that's, that continues to happen, that's continuing to happen. Um, it's happening more uh, these last couple of days. I've, I've heard, and I'm not, I, don't even, I don't even have social media, mm -hmm. and I'm not even, I, I rarely watch the news, but I mean, it's still, everybody still knows about the violence that's happening around the world uh, on a daily basis as far as with the shootings of young men and women daily um it just it, it makes it it makes it so that you don't know if you're safe out there mm -hmm. so just want to just want to pray for everyone in the world not just family and friends but everyone in the world uh, to let them know that let them know that they, they are safe um, you can be safe uh and things will, you just have got to believe that things will be better and get better. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you. Yeah. Sister Kay, did you have something? No, sweetie. Okay. Please join me in prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, as we come before you, you know our hearts. And it sounds like each and every one of us has just ask for world peace. Father, we, we ask for this peace as we look towards the young people, our future. And we just wonder and we continue to keep the world in prayer to say, what will we have to offer them with the world in the state that it is? And with our young people in the mindset that they have, what do I have to live for? What, you know, do I have for tomorrow? Even the, the seniors are worrying or concerned about 
where, you know, how is this world that I've paid into, that I've worked so hard for, is it going to be, is the economy going to be able to take care of me now that it's my turn to retire and for the economy to take care of itself? So, Father, you know all the things that are going on with our finances or with our state of being, our food securities, our supply chain insecurities, just everything just seems to be in a disarray. The, the, the people that rule our world, the lawmakers, you know, the policymakers, do they know you, Father? You know, and, and as we continue to pray for them, and even as I share the prayers from the prayer team, from the presidential prayer team, they, they, they know the key points that we need to be praying for, but are the saints praying or, or they, are they just complaining? So, Father, we ask you to lift us up and to hear our prayers as we ask to turn this thing around, just like with Abraham or Abram and Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, how many? How many would be there to save the, the state of being that they were living in? And he had to get his nephew and take him out. But Father, we ask that you see enough of us to save this land and to purify it and to change things so that we will not have to run to the hills or to the rocks to hide and that they will not have to cry out for us, but that we can stay and remain here on this earth the earth that you have provided everything that we need right here for us to sustain us. So, Father, we thank you and we just ask that you find so many of us worthy, so many of us worthy that this land, this country, this nation will not be defeated by the prince of darkness. He has no say. Light always defeats, always outshines the darkness. So, Father, I ask that where our light shines, we will find other lights and we will join arms, join hands, and be able to cast your light over this great nation. And may it overturn the darkness, the corruptness, that is going on in this world. But Father, I know we have to stand strong and we have to meditate more on your word. Father, I pray for the families that have lost loved ones. And as we share many times, they have gone on to glory. And I pray that they have done just that, gone on to glory, where they don't have to contend with these things anymore. But I pray our health and our strength and that we dig deeper in your word so that we can stand to the test of time as the trials and tribulations come before us, that we can stand up to them and let your light shine through us. May we always be a beacon of light for you, to others, to increase others, and to show others as they are watching us. And we better know that they are watching what we do, and listening to what we say. So as we prepare and get ready, get ready, get ready to be true Christ followers as these days and times, as we live in these days and times, 
May you fortify us. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank you that we will have our health, we will have our strength, and that we will be prosperous as we serve you. You send us out with nothing because it is for each one to take care of that visitor when they knock at their door. So as you send us out, Father, we pray that whose doorstep we land, whose home we come to, whose voice we say a prayer with, that we will be received. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. All right, family, I will go to our closing song, and everyone have a blessed week. Please have a blessed week as you all continue in his name, in his name.
Just want you to remember, as that song says, if he takes care of the sparrow, dresses the sparrow, feeds the sparrow, how much more does he love you? You are God's creation. He created you in his image. And as we pray, we come together and pray that as we go in peace, go in love, that we remember the three core strand, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is always with us. Rest, rule, and abide in him. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, family. Have a blessed week. Thank you.